0: So check out Sunset Lake CBD today at sunsetlakecbd.com and use the code HFPOD for 20% off your order. That's sunsetlakecbd.com and use the code HFPOD for 20% off your order. Farmer-owned, Vermont-grown, Sunset Lake CBD.
1: Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family
0: Hey listeners, I want to tell you about a sponsor, Music Masters Collective. They're a non-profit organization that produces unique music events, providing opportunities for fans and artists to meet and collaborate in an inspired and creative atmosphere. Every week they host different events, all with the opportunity to learn from world-class musicians like O'Teal Burbridge, Trouble No More, former members of the band, Milk Carton Kids, Nikki Glaspie, Bill Frizzell, Sean Colvin, and many more. This June... Registration is open. Spots are filling up. So check it out soon. And scholarships are available. Check out magicalmysterycamp.com helpingfriendly helping friendly to learn more. Hey everyone, welcome to the Helping Friendly Podcast. This is episode 118. This week we have two guests. Welcome to, it's Adam Liaz, and Sean Robinson. Hey Sean. Thanks for joining.
4: Thanks for having us. I'm a fan of the podcast. I appreciate it.
0: Yeah, and um, Adam and I know each other through work stuff, and, and so I'm glad we were able to do this. And the reason we got connected is um, Adam wrote a piece for headcount.org, which we're going to get into, and, and you can see the link to the original article in the show notes. And um it's really about about the fish scene and about the well the title of it was fish scene so white colon let's talk um and i think the let's talk part is is important adam as you as you noted so we will do that um in a little while so thanks for contributing that and i'm looking forward to digging in on some of that stuff and, and you actually interviewed Shawnee for that article so that's how we we came to to know both of you so we're happy to have you both and it should be a fun discussion so, Jonathan, there's a little bit of fish news this week. Um, not as uni- not, not as unanimously happy news as I expected. Um, but fish, I, I loved the announcement. The the wait is over. Um, <laughs> yeah. The triumphant return to MSG. So coming back, right?
1: Tongue firmly planted in cheek. The wait is over. I mean, come on. We yeah. all knew it was coming. There were these other smattering of rumors, but we all knew Madison Square Garden. We knew it before we left the garden back in August. And um, so, yeah, now we're going back or they're going back. Hopefully some of us are going back. Yeah, I'm trying. And, and um,
0: I'm I'm hopefully going back. I'm trying. Um, Adam, Shanae, did are you guys going?
3: Yeah, I'm going.
4: Right on. I plan, I'm going to, uh, hope to, to, to hit the run, uh, depends on my, uh, which coast I'm on at the time, but if I'm on the East coast, I'll be there.
0: Right on. And Adam has recently moved from California to DC, um, but is in New York at the moment. And Shawnee, where are you?
3: I live in Baltimore, Maryland.
0: Awesome. And Jonathan, what, what was your take on the well, you, I think I know your take, but tell, tell me your take on the disappointment about more fish shows.
1: Everybody wants fish to come close to them. I would personally, I'm still holding out for Hampton dates, but um, I recognize that fish is not playing at Hampton, and so I will go to New York, and I know that not everybody can get to New York, and even if everybody could get to New York, we can't all get in such as life. It will be webcasted, and I think actually the word is webcast. Hmm. It will be webcast. That's not official, but take it from me. Probably gonna happen. And, <laughs> probably um, gonna happen. And it's gonna be grand and uh and then there will be um and then there will be twenty
0: eighteen ahead of us. So And we'll we should talk about that a little bit. I'd love to hear your take, um, Adam and, and Shanae, just about where you th- what you think Fish is gonna do in twenty eighteen just because it's been, you know, an interesting year this year and sort of mysterious about what will happen next. I don't know, Shanae, do you have any, any thoughts on what you think is going to happen after these MSG shows?
3: Well, I, I like the, the sort of long format thing that they've been doing, like Baker's dozen. I loved the idea of like a residency at, you know, just one venue. I mean, one, because it's super convenient and I'm kind of getting old, so I don't want to have to be in three different cities, you know, in a week. But, um, I keep hearing rumors about, you know, going back to Watkins Glen, which I would love, you know, but I guess I guess we'll wait and see.
0: What about you, Adam?
4: Well, I would certainly love another Magna Ball type uh, scene in Watkins. But I think the most important thing is the band is doing what's keeping them healthy and motivated. You know, so they're older now, they've got families and they're kind of carving out a way to stay focused, uh, you know, practice and be tight uh keep their energy up and that gives us great shows. So I, I kind of trust them to set the course and I'm happy to follow along. Very great
1: attitudes that mm-hmm. we're hearing right here. I like it.
4: <laughs> Good <laughs> attitudes.
0: Um you guys you guys you must not it. be on Twitter. Yeah exactly. <laughs> I know that Adam isn't actually we talked about that. I'm Adam. not <laughs> so Adam um as I mentioned, you know, we, we first talked last week, and we'll get into to how we got connected a little bit more. But why don't we start, just tell us a little bit about how you got into fish and um, a little bit about your fish journey.
4: Sure. Um, so I really came in through the Grateful Dead. Uh, I'm 40 years old. I grew up on Long Island. Um, and so I actually got to see a bunch of shows with Jerry because they would come you know to multiple venues in the New York area. Uh, so that, you know, I was a passionate deadhead. And then I remember listening to to Hunter and Picture of Nectar on my my five-disc changer in high school. So I got introduced to the band and then listening to Rift on my Discman on the way to class in college and hoping it didn't skip. Um, And I think my first show was in Winston-Salem in November of 97. Um, But I then saw a bunch of 1.0 and 2.0 shows, including uh, Coventry. Um, But at that point, they were still a little bit of a substitute for the dead for me, which was sort of my primary love. Um, but then in 2009, it really opened up for me. Uh, I went to the Gorge and I had just a magical experience there. Uh, I went to Festival 8. And from there on, it really has become my favorite thing to do is to go to shows. And especially when it's a festival atmosphere like the Gorge or, or Magna, you know, we just get the whole sort of sold the whole universe to ourselves, uh, with all that comes with that. And it's just an amazing experience. And so from now on, I've, I've seen them every chance I get. And of course, love to go to MSG as well. So,
1: well, if you like the Grateful Dead, I got a podcast for you.
0: <laughs> <laughs> About six months ago, Jonathan started a Grateful Dead podcast called Broke John Pod. So if you guys are awesome. into the dead, you should check it out.
1: Um, my journey was similar as I started with the dead and then, then moved into fish, uh, earlier, uh, although I'm, only a couple years older than, uh, than you, Adam, but, uh, same similar kind of trip. Um, so that's, that's cool. It's totally understandable how you, it's hard to <laughs> transition there. It's not like they're the same in any way, but, um, there is something, there's a commonality that will draw you in.
4: One, one quick sad story about that is that my, my brother, my younger brother, Randy is, uh, four years younger than me and he was never able to see, the dead with jerry because my parents wouldn't let him go to msg uh he was too young but then he had tickets uh to msg in 1995 and of course that did not happen so i took him to the fairly well shows to uh to make up for that but uh sad, sad uh sad story for my brother randy but he's he's now he's now doing okay
0: <laughs> oh man that's <laughs> interesting so that was that november 97 um winston-salem show Is that, that was your first show
4: I think so. Yes. Yeah. Wow. And I know, I know that way that's to come now, in. Yeah. <laughs> now a well-known show, but I didn't, I didn't know it at the time for sure.
0: Wow. Um, so I guess just on that, what, what was the first moment or, or do you remember kind of a moment where, where everything started make, making sense with, uh, with fish and when you got it, so to speak?
4: Well, I think it, I think for me it was that, that 2009 gorge experience where, you know, we, we came in is one of those magical weekends where everything just works out, you know, where the 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 group that we were with had actually been able to reserve a camp, you know, place for us to be kind of cruised in. I remember being handed a uh, – someone had a solar-powered blender, so I was uh, handed a cold daiquiri as I showed up at the gorge. Uh, You know, I met a bunch of new people who I hadn't come – you know, I was set up to come with, but I didn't know before. And we just ran around and had, you know, a great time, saw some great music. Um, You know, I I picked – some of the some of the music that I, I picked to play at the end was from that experience where you know the band really sort of announced that they were back in a big way and I got caught up in that and and, and for me, that was it from there.
0: That's cool. that's in that's like a little bit maybe outside of the norm in terms of people who saw them during the late 90s but then um, really got got hooked into it in in the 3.0 era, so to speak. So that's cool. that's a little bit of a unique unique journey. Um, did you, did you um, sort of ebb and flow in and out from '97 through the, you know, through the first hiatus and stuff, or did you see shows continuously?
4: I, I'd say I, I saw shows continuously, but sporadically. You know, when I was able to, I had a, a little crew in DC, and we would go to shows when we could, and we went, you know, up the coast and saw some shows on the way to Coventry, and we did a. A three RV caravan uh, to Coventry, which ended up working out very well because of all the flooding and everything. And we got in, and of course it was a it was a you know great experience, but a sad experience. And so I I, I did it. You know I saw shows when I could, but I didn't. I don't think I prioritized it like I have since 3.0, where now it's you know when the tour dates are announced. Uh, you know, I got my two primary fish buddies, uh, Kevin and Marco. I want to give a shout out to, and we sort of immediately get on and talk and figure out what we can, what we're going to do. And you know, it was sort of—I remember back in high school. You know, I would orient my life around when the dead were coming to town, right? And you would, you know, you would do the yes. mail order. You would, <laughs> you, you would, um, uh, you'd line up at those Ticketmaster booths. You know, remember those little booths? That, yeah. Uh, <laughs> and you'd really, you know, go all out to to, to orient yourself around how you're going to get to those shows and. And, you know, it was only really in 3.0 that I kind of think about my life in that way with fish.
0: Nice. Um, so, Shanae, what about you? What's your... How did you come to, to you know, discover fish? And um, when was your first show and all that good stuff?
3: Um, so, I discovered fish like I, like I guess a lot of people did in college. I started college in 2009. And, that, of course, that was, you know, the year they came back. And I was never into fish they existed in my conscious as like a, a gimmicky jam band that played like hour-long guitar solos you know what right. most people right. think fish is
0: like that youtube sounds video awesome like that exactly. youtube video of what fish sounds like to non-fish
3: fans exactly <laughs> yep but um i went to like the super crunchy like liberal arts college in western north carolina and everybody there like you know grateful dead fish um all that type of stuff So I, um, I begrudgingly agreed to go to a fish show. Um, my first show was in 2010 at Meriwether and I, I didn't really, the music was great, but what really sucked me in was just how like ridiculously loving these people were just like, I, you know, I, I talk a lot about how people ask me if it's my first show or not, but like, when it actually is your first show and people find that out they go all out for you and it's just never really experienced that before and it just it it sucked me in
0: was that show or um another show that tour when you sort of got it in terms of the music or was it um another time in terms of realizing what 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 that was for you
3: I think uh, music wise, I didn't really I wasn't really hooked until Super Bowl, like Super Bowl, like because I kind of had thought like, okay, I like this band. But do I like this band enough to see them for three days straight and nothing else? And around like the mid set of the second day, I was just like, Okay, I, I could do this. This could be my thing.
1: I totally get that. So this is right around the time when I wasn't seeing them very much. I think I was at your first show and then I kind of backed off, but Super Bowl was definitely a high point that for the year. So I can see how that would click over a bit harder than maybe seeing the first in the airplane over the sea or whatever it is. uh, Yeah, that's exactly
3: what it was. And I don't like neutral milk hotels. (laughs) I'm
1: not a big fan (laughs) either, which is, you know, kills my so-called indie cred, but, um, that song was all right, and uh, it was an okay show. But
3: it was it was exactly. It was an okay show. Not at at this point, not one of my favorites. But it was my first, so it's special.
1: Of course, and Super Bowl had some pretty special stuff. Oh uh, man! So I, I like that both of you guys are, have highlighted the festivals, which kind of throws back to our earlier con- idea or question about what we're hoping for for next year and um i didn't get to answer that question so i think that um i'm also on the let's go to watkins Glen train and i'll see you guys there
0: both of you actually have like sort of more of a a recent um connection to the band in terms of that you know um deeper connection for you adam and, and introduction for you shanae how has your experience evolved in like 2000 i don't know the past couple of years i know that we're going to listen to some music that you both chose um a little later on i know there's some some more recent stuff but just curious about how you've felt about the band's you know progression over the past few years and and maybe ending with the baker's dozen that we just all experienced
4: and i feel like we're we're, we're sort of on borrowed time you know in the sense that you know here's a band that 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 have been putting out so much for so many years, hit a rough spot, and um, you know, then managed to come back and then continue to improve and continue to kind of bring the energy uh, that I think comes along with them being healthy and 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 getting along, I assume, and, and kind of you know focused. And so, to me, the, you know the w- what they've been doing sort of consistently. And I should say one of the things that that one of the things that helped me transition over into fish from the dead is that at the point that I was seeing the dead it was inconsistent, you know, I mean, those, you know, Jerry was going through some rough times and so you could get, you could still get a great dead show, you know, and I, I remember Charlotte when they, uh, in 95, when they busted out one of the best Scarlet fires of all time. And, you know, that was the only final exam I ever failed because, it, or sorry, it was a midterm midterm exam the next day and it was a, uh, it was uh, well <laughs> worth it. Um, and so you could still go for the highlights and you went for that, but you could definitely leave, um, a show, you know, and you weren't that inspired and you could tell they just didn't have it to give on stage. Um and with with fish, what that's what's what's constantly amazes me is that that just doesn't tend to happen. You know, I'm sure like like you all were just talking about there are some some shows that don't don't go off. You know, don't do don't really do it for everyone. But the consistent output generally is so impressive. You know, given how many shows and hours of music that they give us um, and the energy that they they've been able to put into it, um, and then the, the the fun and the creativity. So like uh, you know, I really I think that. One thing about the Bakers doesn't, and this is a, ba- a band that doesn't take themselves too seriously, you know, it takes the music obviously very seriously, but, you know, is willing to have fun, um, is not, it's not a snobby vibe, you know, it's, it's sort of, a, and, but they're willing to be creative and they go all out, all out for the fans too, with, you know, with the festivals that includes the art and all that kind of stuff. So I just think that the experience that they continue to create for us after all these years is just more than we could ever ask or hope for. And I just, I'm so excited for what's to come, I just hope they stay healthy and stay motivated, and you know they could give us another ten years of this, and that would be amazing.
3: I guess to piggyback off of that, like, um I feel like there's been like ebbs and flows, and like the general opinion of fish in the past. I don't, and all through three I guess, where you know some some people are like, oh, they're mailing it in. You know, it's not like the '90s, which I mean, I can't really speak much to because I wasn't there. <laughs> but I think in the past year or two, like is the only time that in my like fish experience that people have been unanimously saying like, yeah, like they're on fire right now. Like I, and I don't know, I guess that, that just proves that, you know, they're doing something right.
1: I think that's well said. Having followed this arc for a very long time, it seems like, um, they've definitely, they're on a, on a big upswing in the past couple years. Um, with, there's always valleys where there are peaks, but, um, generally a good uptrend and, yeah, you know, the Baker's dozen really does, uh,
0: does land it pretty, uh, pretty well. Sean and Adam, we're, we're obviously all here cause we're fish fans and we're talking about fish and it's clear to me how much you guys love the band as, as much as we do. Um, and it, it, what's interesting is we were brought together by this um, this blog that blog piece that that Adam wrote um, that was published on headcount.org um, called "Fish Seen So White Let's Talk," um, and you know I thought it was a really thought provoking um, piece, Adam. It wasn't. Um, I didn't feel like it was blaming you know me for being a white fish fan or. You know, making me feel uncomfortable about it, but it was it was um thought provoking and and meant I think to open up conversations and um I think it's it's done that and we'll talk a little bit about the reactions to it um but what what was your sort of motivation for writing it?
4: Sure, well, thank you. I appreciate that um that feedback and you know really beyond the music which we've been talking about uh, I really feel like the the fish community is my tribe, my community and and it's where I feel comfortable and and at home. Um, and with everything that's been going on in our country over the last few years, the election, beyond that, I've really been thinking much more about race and and the role that plays in our national conversation um, than I ever have before. And that led me to think about how white our fish tribe is, you know comparatively, much more so than than uh, the general public and I started to think about why that is and you know Some of the reasons are, are obvious and you know the, it's a matter of taste and there's a, this is a you know a White band from Vermont. Uh, so it's, there's a lot of reasons. that's not that surprising but it started to make me wonder about whether our community was a completely welcoming space for people of color um, and um, Then I was uh, at Magnaball in 2015 and I was thinking about this and I was sort of walking around and noticing the crowd And at that point, I really had also had another thought, which is that there's also some white privilege that's sort of baked into our scene. Um, And what I mean by that is that, you know, a fish festival is basically 30,000 people running around, you know, face paint, glitter, acting all, you know, happy and crazy, but also uh, doing all manner of drugs, mostly in the open. And often you have police officers on horseback just walking around and making sure we're all safe. And that's great. But that's not how a lot of communities are policed and treated. And I began, I began to think about whether, um, this would be allowed in our country in 2017 and 2015 at that time, at any point in the history of our country, if we weren't uh, all white or mostly white, if this was a 30,000 people of color gathered in a space, you know, would they be allowed to have the same experience as we were having? And I really began to think about that and, 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 Think the answer is probably no, which means that there is some some white privilege baked into this whole thing, and and recognizing that that doesn't mean that we did anything wrong. Like you said, it doesn't. The intent isn't to make people feel guilty or or think that we're uh you know there's anything wrong with what we're doing or being white in the scene, but it just means that uh, recognizing that maybe it's not available to everyone. Um, and I think that brings along with it certain responsibility if you start to recognize that. And so I started to think about, you know, what we could do to make our scene perhaps more welcoming and also about how we could embrace this responsibility that comes along uh, with this kind of privilege. And, you know, I've been thinking about that for a couple of years now since Magna ball. And then after the baker's dozen, I really got motivated to write up some of my thoughts about fish in general, actually in our community. So I did a post on my personal blog, trying to explain to others why we love fish so much. There were a lot of people who were very puzzled about why I went up to New York two separate <laughs> times to see four shows right. of the same band. And so I tried to sort of uh, explain that a little bit to the outside world. Um, I did a post on why you really shouldn't talk during the set uh, and why, how that could actually bother people more than you realize. I'm going to um, need a link I, to that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, uh, these are on my personal blog at uh, gringoigayo.blogspot.com. if folks want to f- go find them. but And then I wrote up this post, which is, as I said, I've been sort of percolating... In my mind for a while, and I really was happy to you know take the time to to put my thoughts down and then actually, in the process of writing it, I was even happier to be put in touch uh, with folks like Shawney and some other folks who were very generous enough to talk to me about their actual experiences, which I think really informed um, the piece and, and made it much more um, uh, real to what, you know to what's going on in our scene and was really helpful in sort of my, my understanding. I was obviously speculating to some degree about what folks were experiencing, and so that was great. Um, And I also wrote up one on gender dynamics that shows that I I also plan to to post and put up soon. So um, we can talk about that and folks can look for that. So but that's that's sort of how I came to write the write the post.
1: Sean, your uh, perspective really does help the piece um, pull Adam, you know, sort of out of the what could potentially be navel gazing or just, you know, ruminating on in isolation. Um, What was your uh, what was your reaction when he reached out to you or got in contact with you and told you what he was wanted to write about?
3: Honestly, um, surprise. I had always I, I'd also like thought about, you know, race and how how racial dynamics play into the fish scene. But I always just kind of figured that if someone was going to write about it, it was going to have to be a black person because, I mean, who, at the end of the day, how many how many fish fans sit down and think about why why fish is so white? So when Adam approached me to talk about it, I, you know, I was like, of course, I'll, you know, I'll give you whatever you need, whatever experiences you want to talk about, because I've I've noticed that when you speak on race, it especially to white people, it almost um, it comes across as combative if it comes from a person of color, whereas if it comes from a white person, they're a little bit more open to, you know, open to the conversation.
4: One of the reasons I wanted to write this, being a white guy, is that I really feel like it, it, these are conversations that we need to have amongst white fans in our community, and we shouldn't be leaving the burden onto fans of color to be pressing these conversations, and that's why I thought it was important to uh, to put the piece out in my own voice.
1: Shanae, you were quoted by Adams saying that you took your fiancé to, who is not a fan, uh, to Magna ball. And people were constantly assuming that he was, uh, because he was a white man, he had brought you along and were surprised when you told them that you'd seen over 30 shows. Um, and so these days when you go to a show solo, you avoid conversation. Um, as someone in the minority at, at fish, both in, in gender, as well as race, um, how this, has this changed over time in the years you've been seeing them? Do you see, and do you see the community as generally welcoming
3: well yes i you know i think a lot of people were their question was like well if if fish is so racist then why do you keep coming and that's not at all what i, I don't think that's what adam was writing the piece about and i don't, that's not how i feel and you know if it was such a racist place i, I wouldn't obviously wouldn't be coming back every time but um i I'd, I'd like to say my experience has changed but it, it hasn't, you know, like I was, I was at a fish cover band show last weekend and I got the question, Hey, do you like fish? And you know, my super dry humor, I'm like, no, I I just see fish cover bands. (laughs) (laughs) That's good. So, you know, like it, it's like, you know, I've been doing this for my entire adult life, you know, since my freshman year of college and I'm still getting these questions. So it's, it's annoying to say the least.
0: And just just to to say, I think that was the Runaway Gin show, right? Last yeah, weekend? So it was. Did, did yeah, you, yeah. Did you enjoy the show?
3: I loved it. Yeah. I was I was on the fence because I'm generally not a fan of any type of cover bands, but they uh they definitely converted me. <laughs>
0: yeah, they're good. I have it on Good Authority that Fish is a cover band. Uh, <laughs> Mr
1: Joel, oh,
0: yes, yeah. that's true as Jonathan mentioned, of course, there's gender dynamics and racial dynamics, and so you have the um you know interesting experience there at at fish shows um and i I know we're we've talked a lot about gender dynamics in on a previous episode and I know Adam, as you said, you're writing something on it, but if you were um to talk about just you know what you would hope would develop within the scene or or what you want people to think about or understand, like what would come to mind?
3: I guess just the fact that like nobody's saying that we want more, more black people at fish. Like, I mean, yes we do, but like, that's, that's not the key point of this. It's just the pe- the black people that are at fish shows don't other them. Don't, you know, don't stare at them. Like there's some, you know, curio- curiosity or like oddity because it's very, it makes us feel very, like, hyper-visible, like, and, you know, fish is supposed to be a place where we can kind of, like, shed those layers and, you know, and cut loose like everybody else, but I think when you're a person of color at a show, there's only only but so much blending in you can do.
1: Right, and I can, I can see that point. You know, a lot of us go to fish shows and we kind of put aside who we maybe are at work or, you know, around just out who who we might be outside of when we go to fish shows some of us are we we can be a, our most comfortable selves and that should be available to everybody who comes to the show
3: exactly but for a lot of people like especially you know when we're talking about gender like women at shows have to be constantly aware that you know they are they are vulnerable in this way and then for myself, like being at the intersection of not only being a woman, but being a black woman, it's just, you know, you kind of stick out like a sore thumb.
0: What what were the reactions to this piece? And then, you know, how did they strike you?
4: The piece generated a lot of conversation online, which was great. And that was part of the goal is really to start this conversation. And there was lots of support, especially from people of color who were posting about how it resonated with their experience, which was great. Um, and we actually now have a listserv of about 30 people who are interested in continuing the conversation? So, at the bottom of the post, I put an email address where folks can reach me. So, it's fans, at racial equity, uh, fans for racial equity at gmail.com. And it's P H A N S, fans for racial equity at gmail.com. But there were also a lot of people who were pretty upset about the post. Um, and I was surprised and honestly a bit saddened by the number of negative comments and also the vitriol in some of them. Um, you know, lots of folks were feeling like I was calling the scene racist, um, which as Shanae was saying, that wasn't the point at all. Um, people were, you know, I think the, 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 challenges that we have in our scene are a reflection of, of the challenges in our broader society. Um, and although it is true that when you have a higher concentration of white people, it does become that much more difficult, right? Because as Shanae is saying, you, you know, you stick out more. It's, it's just, it, it, it has, it creates a very dominant sort of culture and a dominant, uh, sort of. Assumption of normal normality, I think, and so, but I don't think we have. I don't think our scene is more racist. I just think that we can do better, right? We're a pretty, we are a pretty open, progressive bunch in a lot of ways, and I think that we can do better than our, than the broader society. Um, there was a bunch of folks, you know, insisting that that they don't they don't see color, and and you know, certainly a lot of one one thing that really stood out for me was that there were a lot of white male fish fans who are absolutely certain that. Our, t- our scene is totally open and inclusive and in that I was completely inventing this issue and there was nothing here and I was kind of stirring the pot for its own sake. And I just thought that was really interesting because when folks were doing that, they were actively negating the experiences of folks like Sean who I you know wrote about in the article, and also lots of other folks who were posting uh, on the various, you know, Fish Facebook uh, groups and, and whatnot. So I just thought that those reactions were kind of telling and people just sort of not wanting not being open to the conversation. And I think that, you know, if if we are truly an open and inclusive community, which I think by and large we are, then people should, you know, would react to this conversation with that kind of openness and want to be thoughtful about it, want to really Um, Be open to other people's vantage points and experiences um, and listen uh, and not be sort of wanting to shut the conversation down right away And that was one thing that I that I was disappointed in in the reaction But as I said lots of people lots of positive feedback lots of people interested And I'm also excited about both the conversation that it started and the prospects for continuing it through this listserv and and through other ways I'm sure we'll talk about
3: my experience um, Reactions were mostly negative, which was very disheartening um, a few like glimmers of hope, like not even people who were just like, Yeah, I agree with this, this is right, but even people who are just like, Wow, I hadn't thought about that because I don't experience that and now I will. Like that that's I feel like at, at the base of this this piece, that's all we wanted was just like think about this, open be open to the conversation, be open to the idea that your experiences are not indicative of everyone's experience.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's fair, and it does seem like what you're saying, Shawnee, is you know, um, be open and and be inclusive and be welcoming, and also just just think about the the dynamics maybe a little bit more. And that's not too much to ask. I just there's an underlying
1: message that um, you know be be aware that what you expect for yourself, you should be giving to everyone else. So don't you know don't don't be a jerk and just really do consciously accept people, I think that would go a long way.
4: Um, Right. And one thing, if I can jump in on that point, Jonathan, is that one strain that came through is is people saying things like, you know, I don't see color, right? So I, I treat everyone the same. And I think people believe that. I don't think people are lying when they say that. But that's just not how we operate as humans, right? I mean, there's lots of research on this. We all have our own biases. There's a whole field about implicit bias. You know, We have biases that we don't recognize. Mm-hmm. Our brains have evolved for millions of years to put things in categories uh, very quickly and, and use shortcuts for that. So we do all see color and see race. And so uh, the answer here is not to pretend that we don't. The answer is to, is to be open about it, to talk about it. And you actually have to make an affirmative effort to treat people just the same when, when they don't look the same to you. And I think what we need to do in our community is to have a conversation about that, to be really more mindful of what our scene is like and really make an affirmative effort to be open open and inclusive, not just assume it'll happen if we're not racists, Uh, if we're not affirmatively uh, trying to exclude people. That's just not the way that racism and bias operates in our society um, oftentimes, and I think we need to be more uh, thoughtful about that as a community, and that would really go a long way.
1: You kind of touch on something there that came up when RJ and I spoke about this before, Um, as we were kind of preparing for this discussion. And, uh, you know, at least from my perspective and probably others, the environment at Fish Show still very much mirrors um, many aspects of our society at large. So, you know, there's anywhere you go, you find large groups of, maybe not anywhere, but when you go and find large groups of white people uh, unconsciously ignoring a minority around them, What's happening here in this fish community is not unique to fish, um, uh, but we in the fish community have the ability to perhaps address that and lead by example.
4: Absolutely. I think I think that was one of the, the main thrusts and motivations of writing the piece is that we absolutely can lead and be better. You know, we have a group of folks who really are, by and large, pretty open and thoughtful. And so we can take the lead. We can be a, a, a strong Band of white anti-racists in the fish community, and, and and be purposeful about making sure that our community is on the leading edge of being a, a majority white space, which which will it continue it will continue to be. But that doesn't mean it can't be an open and inclusive space. We just have to be affirmative about making the effort about that. And so, you know, when 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 I I wrote the piece, some of the goals were to really start this conversation, which we're doing right now, but also to sort of think about how we can make sure to do that. So I think that means you know, not making assumptions about people like, like Shawnee was saying, you know, don't assume it's her first show. Um, but it also means intervening, you know, when you see, you know, I, it's not, doesn't happen that often, but I've seen my share of more overt racism, you know, in at shows occasionally. And I think we need to commit as a community to intervene when that happens and show people that it's not okay. Um, and I think really most important, you know, you referenced that our challenges are really a mirror of what's going on in our broader society. And for me, props the the best and most exciting outcome for all this is if we could make a commitment to each other to really weigh in and make a difference in those in those much more serious challenges going on that face people of color in our broader society. You know, can we mobilize as a community to do something about mass incar- incarceration and the drug war? Since you know, I know that that has caught up many folks in our community, but not nearly to the extent as it is a issue for people of color. You know, can we get active around police brutality, given what's just happened in St. Louis and you know what's been happening? Uh, to black folks in this country for, you know, for, for all time, but certainly in the last few years. You know, can we work on voting rights? You know, we have uh, uh, 90% of our elected officials in this country are white, whereas nearly 40% of us across the country are people of color, right? So can we work on mo- voting rights and the role of money in politics that excludes people of color and sort of get active on all those things? If we can sort of start to do some of that out of this conversation, I think we'll have, we'll have, really, um, we'll have really, you know, used... Um and mobilize ourselves as a community in the best possible way.
0: That's great. Shawnee, what what would you add to that, or what do you want to see sort of happen next um, through this conversation? and also I'd also want to get any takeaways from you on on sort of you know what you've learned through this experience or um, you know, through this this um, the writing of this and the reactions and whatnot?
3: Well, I think my biggest thing is that the the biggest criticism that I heard about this piece was, I go to fish to escape real life. I don't want politics on fish scene. But to me, not being a racist isn't a political act. It's just being a decent human being. And, you know, racism isn't always, you know, burning crosses and yelling slurs. Like it can be something as simple as, you know, making, you know, making assumptions about someone that you've never met solely on the color of their skin. So I think I think when you talk about race and you throw around the word privilege that people people have a knee-jerk reaction to that but i think if people could distance themselves from those words and from that like nomenclature and kind of just be more open to realizing that hey you know maybe i maybe i do have have things better than other people and yeah you don't want fish at politics at fish but for me, like. What you think is politics is my real life.
0: I hope that you know people listening and enjoyed you know hearing these perspectives and um, people should check out the piece and um, you know continue the conversation as as Adam said. Shawnee, I think we should um, should play a little music. Um, you know, back to this this um, this whole big thing that we came together around called Fish. Um, you you chose a, a few songs. Just want to see if you want to give a, a little bit of a preview of why you chose them and 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 what those um, individual tracks sort of mean to you
3: well i i tried to pick songs from different styles of fish because you know the 90s you saw like a very funk influence groove whereas i feel like the early 2010s were almost like arena rockish and then you have you know recent fish where they're just you know completely blowing the doors off and doing things that we don't expect
0: Shawnee, that was great and let's um let's listen to those tracks and then chat about them a bit.
5: It scourged the evening with his cry Sanctuary buds deprived a monkey of its thigh A dust arose, it clogged my nose Before I could eat twice Despite this scut that bubbled up I gave some last advice. The flesh from Satan's dogs Will make the rudiments so cool. Duck the carrots from your pain You worthless swampy fool. drifted where the current chose, afloat upon my back. If a chance of newt slime by, I'd stuff it in my sack. Soon I felt a bubble form somewhere below my skin. Spine of hedgehog, I removed the force within. Susie then removed her mask and caused a mighty stir. The angry mob responded, taking turns at grabbing her. The foggy cavern's musty grime appeared within my palm. I snatched its explore to scrape it off with deadly icy calm. See, we used it like a rag To mop the slime from where the slug Had slithered with the bag It's summing up the moral seems a little bit obscure Give the director A serpent deflector A mud rat detector A ribbon reflector A cushion convector A picture of nectar A viral dissector, A hormone Surfing.
0: Shawnae, you want to tell us a little bit about the the tracks that you um chose?
3: Okay, so um Saw It Again. I I never really liked that song. It was not like one of my my favorites at all. Until No, I know, I know. Don't don't kill me. Um Sorry. until uh, Tweezer Fest, that that Merriweather show uh, back in 2014. I was at they, that show. Yeah, yeah, they played it, and I had my fiance with me, and he was like, he's a metal fan, so he was like, this is like kind of heavy and not very fish-like, and and I like it. And I was and I had like this aha moment. I was like, yeah, it is kind of heavy. So I kind of like it. Kind of got me to delve deeper into like older stuff because you know there's so much material to look at, and that specific saw it again, like they took it in a place that they usually never go like just like that mammoth jam at the end. Like that, that's not like a standard saw it again.
1: Hey, i go with that. It's pretty, pretty great version. Well stretched. It's, it's kind of a, it's a one shot deal. You know, you don't get that one more than too many times in your life.
3: So Cavern from my hometown venue, Merriweather, and where I saw my first show. Usually a set closer or like an encore, but I love it as an opener. And people, I feel like, always talk about like Island Tour Cavern, which, I mean, I love. But I feel like this one is like super underrated. Like I love a cavern that like takes its time and like falls into that funk groove. So definitely was one of my favorites. I was at this show. Were you? Was, nice. Yeah,
1: this was a fun show.
3: Lucky.
0: I was not at this one. I was at the night, but night after this, though. Okay. at virginia beach which was also fun but i don't know why i didn't go to this one i should have i should have gone to the virginia beach show exactly oh, well. we should all go to all the shows
3: <laughs> all the shows don't, All the don't time. miss fish and then the super bowl peaches and regalia um one of my favorite covers i am not really a huge frank zappa fan but this makes frank zappa palatable for me <laughs> um, <laughs> um it's, it's it's super like Nostalgic fish for me, too. You know, it's from Super Bowl, which was like, you know, like we said before, like my aha moment. So like when I hear this, it just like takes me back to like summertime and just, you know, being dumb and 19 years old and wondering what else could this band could do to blow my mind. And then uh Raleigh Lama, like a favorite of like most people. um The first Slow Llama, I... One of my regrets of 2015 was not starting tour a day earlier because I started at Meriwether and they played this the night before, and I was so mad that I missed this. I got one the next year at Man, but it this one is like the Slow Llama.
1: Yeah, Slow Llama is always, um, man, I wish I had been there too, but I also started at Meriwether that year.
0: <laughs> what are same, you going to do? Same here. Um, although that, that, um, the first, I think that was the first night of Meriwether with that amazing 46 days into Bug. Um, yes. which is one of my favorite combos of all time, having seen like that, I've seen live. That was so good, but but miss the slow llama. Um, Cool, Shawnee. Thanks for sharing these uh, these tracks with us and and so much about your fish experience. Adam, let's talk about your your picks. What do you want to say to set it up?
4: Sure. So um, first, I I chose all music from shows that I that I that I saw that I was there uh, because it sort of evokes you know my evolution uh, in fish, uh, and uh, I kind of wanted to do it you know starting out when the band really kind of announced that they were back in 2009 uh and then going through uh coming right up to this uh uh, msg run which uh i feel like uh is going to become sort of an essential element of the fish catalog probably hasn't gotten the the attention that i think maybe it, it deserves
0: um so we'll jump into that and then we'll have a little conversation about it before we uh before we wrap up Adam, let us know um, a little bit about the, why you chose those tracks.
4: Sure. So I started off with, I had to have a track from the 2009 Gorge, which, as I said before, was sort of my re-entry or, or when I really started to embrace the band as, as a full lifestyle, I guess. So, And this was really a consensus choice from my two best fish, fish buddies, uh, Kevin and Mark, who I mentioned, the, the Sally into Gorge Jam, which sort of announced the band as being back in a big way and ready to jam things out. So I wanted to start with that. Um, and then I needed to get an, an antelope in there. Um, I think, you know, one of the reasons I love the band is that, is this, you know, the build and the sort of the euphoria that we build to. And I've always experienced that through the, through antelopes. And I wanted to go back to the gorge as my happy place. So, uh, threw that in there and then there's a little bonus closer. And so we get a little bit of Trey talking about uh, what a great time the band had uh, at the gorge and what beautiful places. And that, and I just thought that was uh, kind of special. So, uh, went with that. Um, and then, um, Rock and Roll is my, my favorite Fish cover, um, and I was able to see it in Hartford the day that Lou Reed died, and so I thought that was pretty special and, and wanted to include that. Uh, I do think that, you know, for me, I, I like the Fish music probably in general the most, and um, but I think the fact that they're willing to mix in a healthy number of covers is, is a great thing. I wish more bands did that uh, in general. I don't understand why so many bands contain themselves to only the music they happen to write, especially if they are a live band that uh, that really values musicality and playing. So I love that Fish uh, doesn't do that. Um, and then finally coming into the Baker's Dozen run, which I just thought was such an amazing achievement for the band and such a gift to, to us as, a, as an audience. And I just love the God of Jabu. It was just a sort of a sleeper jam of the run for me. It was one of those songs where, you know, you sort of turn around and, and after it's over, you, you say that that was worth the price of admission right there. I'm, I can go home happy after mm-hmm. that jam. I just had that had that feeling after that jaboo. So I wanted to, to close with that. Yeah, those
1: those are uh, some great picks. I, I think it's interesting and kind of wonderful that you guys both went to a track from your like it moment shows, if you will. Um, Shanae's uh, Super Bowl pick for uh, of Peaches and your Gorge Sally. Um, I think that's exactly what we're looking for when we said, hey, pick some of your favorite fish moments. And of course you went to know, your core, um, uh, origin story, if you will. So <laughs> I think that's terrific. And these are all really great cuts.
0: Yeah. I, I want to just add that, um, that seven twenty seven thirteen that the antelope is from set two. um, that's like one of my favorite first sets of fish. Um, I wasn't there, but the, the architect curtain with, um, combo oc- opener, I remember watching the webcast the next day and then watched it several times. After that, something about that first set was just really special. That whole show was really solid. What a great um, great show, great, I guess, great tour, great year. Fish is all right. <laughs> <laughs> Fish is a really cool band. Cool uh, band.
4: I, I like the band Fish.
0: Yeah, exactly. Shawnee, thank you for, for joining us, and hope you'll you'll come back and, and chat with us more about Fish um, at some point in the future.
3: Definitely. Thank you guys for having me.
0: Yeah, it was a fun conversation. And um, Adam, thanks for... You know putting that piece together and, and coming on to talk about it and um i hope that hope that we can chat
4: further as well i really appreciate y'all having us on and look forward to seeing you at the shows
1: and maybe we'll all run into one another at uh, either msg or some dc area concert
0: event
4: sounds like a plan
0: we are hoping to do another live event um on the at the msg run hopefully on december 29th and we are putting together some ideas and plans right now so if we can pull it together we will do that and stay tuned. You guys, if you guys are both there, you should, you should come and hang out with us.
3: I would love to.
4: Absolutely. Cool. Awesome.
0: All right. Um, well, until next week, um, we hope that you all enjoyed this. You can find us on Twitter at hfpod, and you can email us thoughts, feedback questions to helping friendly podcasts at gmail.com. And you can find us on Facebook and other areas of the internet. Well, I guess real quick, Sean or Adam, do you want us to say anything about people contact, like any social media things for you, or should we just direct people to the piece?
4: This is Adam. I'd really appreciate it if folks would email me at at fansforracialequityatgmail.com. So that's P-H-A-N-S for racial equity at gmail.com if they want to be part of this conversation going forward. Uh, We can get you on the listserv and and, and invite you into the conversation so we can talk about how to move forward here.
0: Cool. All right. Well, thank you guys so much for joining. This was a fun conversation. We will talk to you soon. Keep on rocking.
1: And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, this is Chris Swinney, formerly of the Ataris and currently host of That One Time on Tour, part of the Sound Talent Media Podcast Network.